welcome. I hope to the True Face Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks That's for coming. All. That's all we've got. We're for trying you. to cut these down and not have them be too lengthy. Yeah. <laughs> and and yet you still got so much out of that, the same yeah. amount as yeah. last week, right? That's right. From Bill's favorite verse in the whole Bible, right? Yes. Bill's favorite verse. What is that again? I'm it's, not ashamed of the gospel. I am not. You no. see, you feel like yeah. Bill's here, don't you? Yeah, don't no, you? Not no, at all. Not. <laughs> Bill's in Guam, actually. Someone yes. was saying he was in Siberia. Well, he could be. Sometimes he puts different things in his calendar, and we never he know. He just puts one letter. So, I mean, it <laughs> yeah. could have been what, Germany, Pick a country. Guam, Guatemala. It's a grab bag. He Galapagos. doesn't know where he's going. Yeah. No. Oh, man. But we're, in, we're still in our Fresh and Favorites series. Fresh and Favorites. Fresh favorite. and Favorites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have another Fresh and Favorite today. Yeah. Galatians 3. David? Yeah. And we're going to read out of the message today because Bill's not here and he can't stop it. <laughs> He's using the message on occasion. Yeah, he's yeah. keeping his little. I'm a New Testament bad influence message. on that yes, man. Yes, yeah. you are. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> you crazy Galatians, did someone put a hex on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy has happened, for it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. Let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? It is not yet a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. Answer this question. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things in your lives you could never do for yourselves, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving or because you trust him to do them in you? Don't these things happen among you just as they happened with Abraham? He believed God, and that act of belief was turned into a life that was right with God. And then we're going to go ahead and just jump a few verses because we really want to get to verses 11 and 12. Um, go ahead and, and read along if you want uh, in between. Uh, so starting in verse 11, The obvious impossibility of carrying out such a moral program should make it plain that no one can sustain a relationship with God that way. The person who lives in right relationship with God does it by embracing what God arranges for him. Doing things for God is the opposite of entering into what God does for you. Habakkuk had it right. The person who believes God is set right by God. And that's the real life. Hmm. Wow. You know, we have people come up to us a fair bit who have had this crystal uh, a vision or epiphany that the gospel is so simple. It's this simple, like we've just read. And they ask us the question, why, why isn't this the norm? Why isn't this all over the world for those who follow Christ? Obvious what we have just read and that if we don't live this way, it's it's a crazy life. Yeah. 
And so they ask us, oh, what do you think? Why, why are people like that? Why is the whole system, uh, turned upside down? And, and, you know, what, what do you think of when they ask these kinds of questions? You, you both had it many times. I've had it many times. Yeah. Um, what are the reasons? Why? Well, I think about how we in, innately have this sense of, I am supposed to do it. I am supposed to get it done. And there is a real sense of discombobulation when we sin or when we don't do the right thing, especially when we sin, when we know what the right thing is. Yeah. And we think that, of course, maturity would mean that I could have controlled that, that I could have fixed that and that God eventually in, in this kind of old concept, this, this ruined gospel that at least that I grew up with is you're always marching up the ladder of, of maturity. And what they mean by that is that you're always marching up the, how much control you have in your life. And that equals godliness. And so it makes sense that when we fail or when we don't do what we think we're supposed to be doing, or when we're out of control, that we would feel like, oh, I'm obviously not doing what I'm supposed to do for God. And mm -hmm. then you go to a passage like this and you're like, well, what does it even mean that I'm being foolish that me trying to work harder or me trying to control more. And then you get, you get confused. Oh, so what am I supposed to do? So that's the, this, the next question is we often get asked is like, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think, John? When people ask you that, what, yeah, where do you yeah. go? It was interesting. I was at a, at a retreat uh, recently where the, they got talking about, um, protecting our children from not having uh, premarital sex. And mm -hmm. and everything was, uh, or a lot of it was, what techniques, what situation, there, there wasn't a dependence upon Christ. There wasn't a bigger picture of what I wanted to develop in my child. But as a parent, somehow the mantra was the behavior. And if you start there, it'll always go back to this moralistic teaching. And I think what's stunning to me is I, I love, I love how he turns on his head, on, on his head, the, um, the argument against grace or identity in Christ is, but what about the cross? Don't we? And, and he uses it here on them. He's yes. after he says, you've left your senses. He says, look, um, his sacrifice on the cross is certainly set before you clearly enough as, as if it's a basis right. for us to believe the finished work of Christ as, as our motive and our, our, what we stand in instead of our own self effort. I just love that Paul does that. He, he's not watering down the gospel. He's def demanding that you live out the gospel. Right. So it, when he says, if you're not smart enough, if you're not strong enough, if you're not whatever enough to start this, what would make you think that you could That's finish right. it? That's right. And the, the truth is, is we do think that God expects us to be smart enough or strong enough, or at least to lay down our blood on the crucible of trying. And so it's this it's like what our friend Bill Tell talks about. It's this 80-20 gospel. 80, you know, Jesus is going to get you real far down the road. 
but then you're going to walk the mm-hmm. hot coals mm-hmm. to heaven. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, he also points out how that when we think that we're going to sustain this relationship, that we devalue the cross. Mm. Uh, they think they're actually valuing Making much the cross. Of it. That's yes. it. But he's saying, no, you actually now are not trusting what God has done for you. He started it. He will finish it. He made you right, which is that concept of righteousness. He gave you righteousness just by trusting in him the first time. And that's the way you're going to walk. You're just going to walk by faith. That's a, it's an amazing thing to me that Paul here in, in Galatians three is sensing uh, a clear gospel and is saying to these people, this is very, this is not even clear. This is simple. And yet you have gone off the rails. And this is, this is the thing that always stuns me is how many people probably due to shame, due to moralism, right. due to every other religion in the world based on performance, due to all these things, due to the fact that we have confidence in ourselves that we, if we just try harder, we can do it. All these things. It is amazing that all these systems are entrenched and so pervasive. I, I don't know what I was doing when I read these verses, when I was in the midst of John Lynch can solve this thing. John yeah. Lynch, God would want John Lynch to at least die trying yes. to solve this. But it's like we say in the Two Roads talk, trust doesn't give me much to do. For for yes. most people, once they get into the weeds, they're looking for something to do that they can practically do. And it's almost an unquestioned default that that that, that Yes, I love Jesus. Yes, he's powerful. Yes, the cross is wonderful. But but I love my children. I love my family. I, I, of course you would want me to do these things instead of cultivating an understanding of what trusting in the finished work of Christ would look like. Yes. It, it feels a lot more ethereal, I think, to people, a lot more uh, vague. Like, how would I do that? What what does that look like? So I I think I can understand why people go there. Yeah. I think also that they don't equate um, the gospel with the effort of love. Right. And once we trust in God um, for a, let's say our children, there's all kinds of effort that's involved. That's <laughs> what, what is more full of effort than loving your children or loving a friend to coal the mining, end. maybe strip coal mining, coal mining okay. and that would be uh, it. maybe a hot tar <laughs> roofing in Phoenix. And that's it yeah. in the summer. Yeah, yeah. In the summer. I think that, um, when we realize that the gospel lets us love, uh, even more sacrificially than perhaps the moralistic system, then the question of what do I get to do tends to go away. That's right. Because there well later in, in Galatians, Galatians five, love is that fulfillment of the law. So we were set free to love. And uh, the, the truth is, uh, as you say that, Bruce, most of us haven't experienced love. Most mm. of us have experienced people treating us well. Most of us have experienced people's good intentions. Most of us have even experienced people trying to love us in some way, but be it that they didn't know how to love us or that we didn't know how to receive it. Most of us have not consistently or very often received or experience love. And so it, it kind of makes all the sense in the world 
that when we say that love would be enough and the expression of love and the sacrifice of love and the, all those things and, and the hard work of love for someone to say, well, grace, well, that's, that's low on the priority list because it's soft because it's love, you know, well, well, yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't spent any time experiencing it, then of course you wouldn't think much of it. And so in, in one way, it's like, how could we ever get there mm -hmm. unless we take these small steps into mm -hmm. it? And so when someone says, how do we do this? How do we, how do we, uh, come on, come on. And it's like, you know what? There's no, I've been with you guys for eight years and I'm, I'm just walking into things that I thought I knew because I'm experiencing them for the first time. And that's frustrating as all get mm -hmm. out. Um, but it's also beautiful because if you stay in it long enough, then you will learn that love is not just a word that people use to cover over what isn't there or what is convenient or what is some kind of just feeling that it truly is the most powerful expression of God's will for our lives that could be possible. And that is what we're doing. Yeah. That is what you're joining when you uh, hang out on the podcast with us. That's what you're joining us in is the experience of love for one another that we would give to each other, that we would keep coming after each other with this power, that we would keep sacrificing for each other. And when we experience that together, we will heal, we will sacrifice, we will encourage, we will participate, we will, and we will no longer ask that question, is this powerful? Yeah, we'll live supernaturally. And, and the revolution grows indeed i, I like I, that I, I, that's beautiful i i love that he says we can see this looking backwards yeah he, right. he says tell, let me just say, talk about anything good that's happened to you mm -hmm. talk about anything that you've seen supernatural or spirit it done verses five and six did that happen as you remember by any moral striving or strenuous effort on your part or did it happen because you trusted him that he could do it? Right. What, what an astounding. I love, it's like Carly said to me one time, she says, we're in Colossians, Dad. The Bible agrees with you guys. It was, it was so <laughs> That's good. Great. It's like one of these passages where you go, this is what we believe with all of our hearts. You know? This is a helpful argument that Paul raises to look in the rearview mirror yes. and yes. look at how God has worked in yes. your life in the past. And it actually... Uh, is a rhetorical question. <laughs> what, you know, did this no happen? other answer. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. of your strenuous moral striving or because you yes. trusted him to do that yeah. work in you? Sometimes God is providing for you right now with the experiences that you've already had. He's just showing you what has already happened. And in the moment, right. you get to experience his faithfulness, even though that happened five years ago or whatever it was. So that it's crazy <laughs> how he can make all things new. Time, time and space does not matter to God. Yeah, so. that's right. Can you can you tell we're a little exercised about well, this? Yeah. I got a little. I get a little excited. I'm <laughs> sorry. It's, it's excellent. You know, a good exercise to do would be to uh, get your U version phone app and and just uh, put it on voice on audio and listen to Galatians. Listen to Galatians one through the end of the book. And let that kind of wash over you. Let I it can sweep put this over. on audio? Yeah. And it's, it's free. Uh, fantastic. Wow. So that might be another way to extend this podcast. Yeah. We will see you next, next week. week. Thanks, Thanks for hanging guys. with us.